Stardate 0331.2022. Welcome to Star Trek Discovery Pod. I am your reluctant captain, Mike Moody Garcia. With me on the view screen is... Just me, Mariah. I'm here. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Clyde had, what, baby things to do? Is this kid a baby still? Family obligations. Family obligations. Baby things, as I say. And uh, Grant had the same. But we are here and we're excited because we're going to talk about uh, the fifth episode of Picard Season 2, Fly Me to the Moon, uh, written by Cindy Appel, directed by Jonathan Frakes. Uh, Before we go. Yeah. (laughs) Frakes, Frakes, Frakes. We're going to give you our hot Frakes and uh, just go deep on this episode and kind of on this season of Picard. I wasn't here last week to talk about episode four, which I know a lot of people had lots of different opinions on. Mm -hmm. So kind of want to dive into that a little bit too. Um, But before we do, Mariah, tell the uh, viewers about the live chat. Yeah. So if you are hanging out with us tonight during the live stream, you can type into the chat, capital P, capital O, capital D, capital pod, if it is something you would like us to pay attention to while you're chatting amongst yourselves. And we'll, we'll kind of take a look at that throughout the show. Um, and if you have uh, maybe some off-the-cuff opinions, some thoughts, some quick takes that you want to share in the chat as well, you can type in HF, capital HF, and we will tell you all about what HF is when we get to that point of the show. Um, yeah. Yeah. And you know what? Let's just do that. You know, it's, time, it's uh, time. It's time for some hot freaks. Hot freaks! All right, we are a Star Trek podcast. We have hot takes, but we don't do hot takes. We do hot freaks. And it's time for our hot freaks on uh, Picard. Season 2, Episode 4, Fly Me to the Moon. Um, And also in the chat, I want to hear your hot freaks too, and we'll, we'll talk about those. But um, Mariah, give me your hot freak on this episode. Yeah, I think um, similar to, to how I was feeling last week, I feel like I'm going to enjoy this season more if I could binge it because a lot of these episodes feel like a piece of a story and I very rarely get uh, any resolution by the end of it. And I'm I'm all about like season long plot lines. Give me all of those things. But it's feeling like um, like why did we... I don't know. There's just like plot lines that I thought were going places. Like we were going to have a larger conversation about what was happening with Rios, but then we just like get everyone off the bus and then we're back and the group is all back together. Right. So it's like, we went on this divergence. There was a chance to do some interesting commentary and then it was kind of dropped so that we can go back to this main plot point, which is getting even more complicated now that we have uh, Brett Spiner's character kind of wrapped up into everything. And we have Soji, a version of Soji is back, <laughs> um, who apparently is allergic to everything, uh, which is how I feel in Austin this time of year. <laughs> so, I, can, I can relate. Yeah, yeah. I can heavy relate uh, on that aspect. So, yeah, there's things I, I enjoyed about this episode. There's things that I find intriguing that we'll, I'm sure we'll dive into more as far as like where we're moving plot wise. Um for like kind of the longer seasonal arcs, but I'm feeling, I don't know. I'm feeling very like left on the edge with nowhere to, to land at the end of this episode. Yeah. And I think it kind of feels like that's by design because like you said, it's all pretty piecemeal. Yeah. And this season is starting to get very convoluted. Um, We have actors playing 
different versions of their characters or new characters, mm-hmm. which is not necessarily um, a new thing for Star Trek, but it just seems like it's really fast and furious in this series. And it's, it just ends up complicating things for me. Like I, I enjoyed this episode. I thought it was mm-hmm. fun, but I do think that this would have been um, better binged um, because you know, full disclosure um, here at Star Trek pod, we're, we're given some episodes to review in advance and uh, the lovely people at Paramount gave us episodes, what, three, four, and five, right? Mm-hmm. No, four, five, and six, wasn't it? Yeah. Four, five, and six um, to review. And I, I, I binged the hell out of these and all together as as a trio of episodes it works pretty well but i can understand there's yeah. some frustration out there watching these one by one because even though they're ending with such interesting cliffhangers like last week's ended with a interesting cliffhanger we found out the watcher looks like loris okay mm-hmm. and the cliffhanger this week was a lot more intriguing when we find out the board queen and alice Girardi have merged uh, into uh, a banging mm-hmm. red re- uh, red dress wearing Girardi at the ball. Uh, that was pretty cool. But it's it's it is seeming pretty convoluted. And like you said last week about last week's episode, it's the whole Rios getting uh, quote unquote deported mm-hmm. seemed just kind of like a, a diversion. Um, there was some. Sp- pretty okay social commentary i mean fuck ice but yeah. i think it could have gone a little harder and a little deeper if we wanted a social commentary story like like i'm from the border man make i mean ice is off like it could have yeah. been it could have <laughs> like, been worse we could you know? we could have had a way more interesting discussion about how to demolish ice um. exactly exactly yeah um i'm still very intrigued about what's going mm-hmm. on like there's so many questions uh so many questions but the convoluted stuff is distracting. Like last week's episode, I love the new actor's performance as Guinan. I yeah. really enjoyed her, and I enjoyed her very pointed social commentary about where we are as as a nation and as a mm-hmm. planet. It was awesome. But I was distracted with questions like, why doesn't she remember Picard? If Picard, she knew Picard back in uh, the. When they were hanging out with Samuel Clemens. And I know there's answers to that, but they weren't clear and they weren't, I, you know, I had to go on Twitter and Reddit threads to figure it out. So that kind of stuff is distracting. And even though, like, if I think about stuff like that and I do the research, it all kind of makes sense. But in the moment, the writing isn't there to, I I don't want to say hold my hand, but just make it clear what's going on. And it's distracting. I can I can see your point with the Guinan thing. I think it probably helps that like if you are, you know, I'm not as much of a a next gen person. Like I've watched enough of the episodes throughout my, you know, sort of uh trek uh fandom that I can like have a a grasp on everyone's major sure. character arcs, right? But like I saw a Your lot trek of people through trek. Yeah, I saw a lot of people people complaining about like the time jumping and what are the time rules and i'm always just like when it comes to time travel someone's probably written away through the canon for this to make sense so i'm trying to like leave that a bit at the door however something in this episode that was a major distraction for me is i'm like this is supposed to only be two years in the future right Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and we have these fancy drones with this like crazy 
Uh, like, where can I buy these? Do they where, come with the Tesla? Yeah, where can I, I'm, I, I burn easily. Can I get one of those to follow me around on the hiking trail? I really like the beach. Would love I just that. want my a personal force field at all times. I would think, be now. great. Yeah. Especially with like COVID stuff. I'm like, if someone's working on this because of COVID stuff and we could each have our own little like bubble, I'm here for it. But it was like those sort of things that that give me a little bit of a distraction from like the world building that's happening here. It's like I needed a, a little bit more about Dr. Soon, about Song Soon, um, yeah. about what else he's been working on, because that is, to me is a big point that I don't have a lot of knowledge about. So to me, he's like yeah. in front of this board making very sweeping, large general statements about research, but I have Giving no like idea. A supervillain speech in yeah. front of them, like, no, we're not going to give you funding, supervillain. Thank you. Yeah. So there, there were some things there that, that I found distracting, especially because then it just made everything more complicated. And now I've been sitting here like, my big question, and, and we can definitely like dig into some some hot freaks, but um, my biggest question coming out of this episode is Q has sent Picard back to learn some lesson in order to save humanity, right? But maybe, Q, maybe <laughs> yeah. it's like what I'm what what was proposed to me is the plot of this series at the Perhaps, beginning of yeah. it. <laughs> and then we have he's now ha- helping Dr. Soong with something. And then uh, he's also like trying to sabotage Picard's ancestor from going to space, but his powers aren't working. So like, is, is his sabotage, like, is he supposed to be sabotaging her and she overcomes it and that's what's supposed to happen. And now that his powers are gone, there's an issue or yeah. is he just like putting, cause I'm like, well, if you sent him back to solve this and you're the instigator, then what was the whole point of it? Anyway, I have like, right. That's why I think I was so unsatisfied by the end of this was like, you just gave me 20 more questions and absolutely not even one little answer, you know? Like, <laughs> And like out of those 20 questions, like half of them are pretty intriguing and the other half are just frustrating. Yeah. It's like, uh, I don't want to be thinking about if, is this, is this prime Q? Is this another Q? Is, you know, is Q dying? Why, yeah. why does Q have to pretend to be a therapist and then recruit assume to do his dirty work? Cause he can't snap his fingers. Okay. Or is, is this all part of the plan? Yeah. Uh, that, that kind of stuff is a little frustrating, but I will say the show I'm still having fun with it. Like right. I like the tone. Like one of the hot freaks we have is Marge is saying, well, Marge says freaks. Uh, <laughs> Pud's 38 is saying this episode was dark. And that's something that I keep hearing some people say about this season and this series. And sure, it's playing with a lot of dark themes, but the vibe is pretty Star Trek for the voyage home, right? It's pretty like hijinks. Yeah. I mean, yeah. we're definitely getting set up for this big, you know, kind of uh, like last season where they go to the casino. I feel like we're getting that episode coming up with this gala that they have to go to. Mm-hmm. Um, there were some things I really enjoyed about the episode. I always love when we come back to the original series and and can pull some stuff back in. Right. So the fact that we're getting some Gary um, seven references, although I have lots of questions about their powers and what they're supposed to do if they have powers beyond just like, creeping and watching like do do they protect like what does she do i have so many more questions about them as a as a being um especially not knowing anything about q in a way because that feels like they would know about q as being other omnipresent sort of beings um i also 
enjoyed, um, you know, Jerry Ryan and, or Rafi and seven together. I feel like I'm ready for them to just be the focus of a TV show in so many ways. Um, yeah, I, I, I think they deserve some better writing because yeah. um, Jerry Ryan and Michelle Hurd make these characters really uh, watchable and lovable, right? And and so you love so. seeing them together. But last week and this week, this whole, um, well, you're this way and it doesn't work. Well, you're that way and it doesn't work. Back and forth just seems so forced and rote. And it has nothing to do with how they're playing the characters. It just has a lot to do with um, what seems like just force conflict between these characters and it's just not written well. Like the whole argument in the car, it's good for some yucks last week, but it's just like, why are they in this car chase? And this feels really forced that they're arguing their way through it. Luckily, these actors are so talented and have a chemistry that I dig the vibe. But if I think about it for a moment, it just, it just feels sour and forced. And same with this episode when they're trying to, break Rios out of the the bus. Mm -hmm. They have an argument about how to best do it. And it's just like, why? I I don't know if, um, have you watched Our Flag Means Death yet? No, no, it looks good. Okay. Um, anyway, but the, the the two main characters on that show are those like polar opposites, but they have these like kind of tete-a-tetes, but you can like feel the love that's growing between those two characters. And I feel like, I want there to be a like the tension needs to be building in a different way for me between the two of them, because if they were in a relationship, there are things that you like, it feels like they're presenting this as like, we're opposites, but we love each other. And I was like, well, if this has been a little while in the future and you've been together for a minute, like you all know this. So you should know at this point, sort of how to like work within that system together, at least a little bit more than what we're seeing here. I I think Um, it feels forced. It could it could just use a little more. Uh, it needs a little more like gay spice on top. I think for for me as well. Sure. Um, for that tension, and then I I also and it's what there's things I love within their characters too, and I feel like are so like quick quickly portrayed on screen. Like the moment that Rafi and Picard are having talking about how the Watcher looks like um Laris Laris and is like are you okay it was like so fast it was like a blink if you miss it moment and I was like oh there could have been and it was funny and quippy but I almost wish it had been given a real scene instead of it was like a walk and talk you know yeah it's I mean the show isn't ready to tackle that yet why is why does this watcher why does Taryn look like Laris it's not ready to, to tackle that yet. So it's keep trying to keep us in suspense. Mm-hmm. And for me, that's one of the things that is just distracting and kind of frustrating. It's like, okay, I get it. You want Orla Brady around. Cool. I mean, give me Lars. I mean, not that this character isn't, isn't cool because she is, but it just, it's more of a distracting thing. Like, ugh. Um, let's jump into some more hot freaks mm-hmm. from our listeners. Choopy says you can't say nothing happens that's true that's true things lot are happening, happening. <laughs> a lot happening well, a whole lot happening on the show um would definitely be a better binge but i super enjoyed it i agree uh love the rafi picard talk about not laris i think we can say agnes is definitely the first borg queen that's what i called a few weeks ago mm-hmm. that i believe that borg queen we saw who was masked in the first episode that might be agnes i did see something um 
that was interesting uh, online and I'll try to find it and retweet it. But someone was um, essentially theorizing potentially that um, the Borg queen in thinking that they're not going to succeed in changing the timeline and knows that she needs to keep the Borg alive, keep the species alive is like part of her motivation for linking up with Girardi Mm -hmm. so that they do exist in some timeline. And I thought that was really interesting. I like that a lot. I mean, it makes sense. Like hook up with the smartest person in the ship, right? The one you have access to and the one who you think you can manipulate. I really like the, the Jurati board queen dynamic in this series. And it was pretty good in this episode. Like it, it's pretty like spine tingly and chilling, like with the board queen, like, throwing all this abuser talk at Jurati, like you're alone. I'm the only one who can see you like just trying to mold her. And I like what it's doing with to the Jurati character, giving her chances to, to surprise us, to fight mm-hmm. back, you know, like she is lonely. She is like suffering and dealing with lots of heavy issues. It seems, but she's got this grit and she's a fighter and she surprises us by like, Shooting the board queen like that was yeah. dope. Um, the reveal at the end was even more exciting when you realize what happened that Girardi essentially allowed herself to be somewhat assimilated, um, mm-hmm. because of the connection that she allowed herself to have with the board queen. And where is this going to go? That is part of this series that is really working for me because those two actors playing the board queen and playing Girardi, Allison Pill and um. I forgot what her Annie Worshing. Mm-hmm. Um, they have a great vibe. They have a great chemistry, and it, it's kind of a, a dark, like you don't want to see it happen. Love story, right? Or lust story, or something. Yeah, I mean, it's almost just like an intellectual like respect for each other in an interesting way. But I also yeah. am like, does the Borg Queen like? I know Girardi is very smart, and I think the Borg Queen knows that. But I think the Borg Queen is also really leaning into this like i am your only friend like all this abuser I, talk she underestimates her yeah, yeah like very like very much like uh like lulling her into a sense of friendship that between the two of them by like all of these over compliments about like oh i see you i know how smart you are like i want you as part of the collective like very cult leader <laughs> tactics to get girardi mm-hmm. on board um, so I thought their, their whole thing was interesting. I did. <laughs> another thing that took me out a little bit was Girardi fully sleeping through that cop walking through that house. I was just like, that couch does not look that comfortable. And even if I'm like real tired, I think I would hear like someone traipsing through with a flashlight yelling on a walkie talkie, like, <laughs> and the cop just not being two feet away from her and not finding her. Yeah. Even though he's sent there to scope the whole house. He's like, Oh, no Gerati here. Nobody here. Like I'm a French cop. <laughs> and and then he goes outside and then apparently a flashlight can can ruin just cloaking technology. <laughs> yeah, that was that was interesting. And then the I mean others... I get it, the ship's damaged. That's fine. Yeah. You know, it's just silly. Um, and then the other thing that kind of got me was like that uh the Picard like uh chateau definitely looks like it's been ransacked a few times, and you're telling me a perfectly working loaded gun is still sitting on a mantle. Like, <laughs> no one has grabbed it. It wasn't even like she found it in like 
a different like in a case or something it was or, like hanging on the wall wasn't it yeah, yeah or or picard was just like oh i know where the guns are you know and like pulls them out before he leaves or something i don't know and it that and like, that house is like still full of like wine like come on i could boozers see the wine being left that shit. <laughs> <But> <laughs> boozers would have taken it all come on now um, I did like the horror. I like that we're getting more horror vibe with the mm-hmm. board queen. Like when the cop walks in there and, and like sees this Hellraiser type mess that the board queen has going on and the horror mm-hmm. and fright in his face and, and the whole vibe was, was cool. Um, I'm digging that. And I, I like that. It's more, looks like we're going to get more psychological horror uh with Gerardi and Deborg Queen, which yeah. is nice. I also I thought it was interesting. I hadn't seen I, I feel like a lot of the Borg like uh tentacle stuff looks very bad CGI from all of the old 90s TV shows. So I feel like yeah. this is one of the first times we've been able to see some like more um kind of this decade uh practical effects and so like mm-hmm. it looked very organic in a way like those tentacles around his neck it was very yeah. um uh, it looked like gooey. Anyway, I just thought they did a really good it job. It did, right? It yeah, like, it looked a little different on yeah. the close-up. It looked like it did look organic and like practical and kind of yeah. gross and and yeah. just hor- horrific. It was cool. Yes. Yeah. And then also the actually the effects when the Borg Queen touches Gerardi's face and starts to do the assimilating look pretty good too. Yeah, I thought it looked very like organic material rather than like uh, kind of yeah. techy metal that I think we've gotten with a lot of Borg effects before. And I thought this was much more like, I don't know, I found it was m- more scary uh, to have it be a little bit more organic in a way. Yeah. Or at least icky. Uh, <laughs> pretty icky. Uh, Chupi says, I-, I do think the Borg Queen and Gerardi have a real connection. Like the Borg Queen was a very Agnes-like person. She sees something she connects with. Yeah, I think the show is doing a good job of um, paralleling um, Agnes's sense of isolation with the Borg Queen's real sense of isolation. Because like we saw at the beginning of this episode, the Borg Queen kind of reciting this poem about loneliness and disconnection. Because we know the Borg live for community and connection Mm -hmm. and oneness. It's a very dark, totalitarian, twisted version of oneness that erases all individuality but it's what the board queen needs and craves so of course she's feeling lonely so is gerardi and yeah there's a connection there i think the show again the show is really doing a good job thematically pairing up these two characters yeah i also i really liked at the beginning of the episode when the board queen is like essentially tapping into the cell phone towers so Mm -hmm. that she can like hear a hum of conversation I was like, oh, it's like Borg white noise. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. She needs her white noise machine. Yeah, she turned on her white noise machine. Yeah, it was good. Um, I do find it funny that all she has to do is um like mimic Rios's voice to get control of everything. But okay, yeah, that's fine. We gotta move the show along, right? We'll do that. Yeah. I mean, it's also like it's the evil ship, you know. So I'm like, right, right. it's from it's not from the correct time and frame. So I'm like, maybe right. the text just isn't as advanced because they're evil <laughs> true <laughs> um okay let's talk about not loris that's what people are calling mm. it this character in the chat i think her name was taryn the watcher yes, the watcher so orla brady is playing talon talon the watcher her singular purpose she said is to protect picard's ancestor 
Rene Picard, the astronaut. Um, Rene Picard. Rene Picard. Um, cool, cool that we're getting the Picard ancestor. Mm-hmm. We didn't see a lot of Rene, but I do like that we're getting like what seems like an honest and empathetic portrayal and discussion of um, depression and anxiety with this character, mm-hmm. which is cool. Um, I like that. And, but yeah, uh, what do you think about this Talon character? Why do you think Orla Brady is? portraying this character that's a human and not a Romulan what's happening here yeah I don't know it could there's um you know there's some like uh theories around different dimensions right of just like there are versions of ourselves in every dimension um and sometimes they're different and so it's perhaps in this particular timeline and in this dimension this person looks like Laris because Laris doesn't exist in the future of this dimension. So the person exists here. Anyway, there's, mm-hmm. there's, I think there's some creative ways around that. I, I, I obviously think it's being used as an emotional manipulator for Picard. Um, I also wonder if she can take on different forms and if it's mm-hmm. like, I'm taking on a form that you find comforting in a way, uh, which would be interesting to kind of see, because I do think the character obviously has the ability to like, jump from person to person. Um, and I can't, I can't remember. I don't think Gary seven ever like changed people to people very often. I have to go back and rewatch the episode, but um, you know, he, he had a very specific mission and was intercepted and was like, Oh no, more time travelers. So it was like very much when she's just like, Oh no, more time travelers. <laughs> like this is not good. Um, so she's obviously like, I think aware of what happened with Kirk's enterprise um in some way yeah but that would also be interesting because it's like if kirk's if she is has if she does have any awareness of kirk's enterprise it does mean that she exists outside of the incorrect timeline right so there timey wimey time travel stuff makes everything much more complicated to kind of understand these characters and their motivations um but yeah, I don't know. I have so many, I have more questions than like fully formed thoughts about the watcher. Cause I'm like, what are yeah. your capabilities? Like, can you do anything to help her? Like, is you your would job think, just to watch? You would think she would have more information, but she doesn't know Q. She doesn't know about Q. Right. Um, she was surprised to learn that Picard is Renee Picard's, you know, like they're related. Um, so she didn't, and she doesn't, she didn't know about the, the potential time divergence happening. Um, right. so yeah. What do you do in Watcher? <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Um, I was going to say a fun fact in some Easter eggs from Renee's passport, um, mm. which we got like a quick glimpse of her birthday is November 22nd, 1996, which is in our universe. The day Star Trek first contact came out. <laughs> And then uh, she renewed her passport on September 24th, 2017, which is the f- date that Star Trek Discovery debuted. <laughs> Days close to my heart, indeed. Yes. My favorite Star Trek movie and one of my favorite Star Trek premieres. Awesome. Um, um, let's but, talk about Q. Oh, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, which brought me to bringing up, this is feeling a little first contacty, right? Like we have to go save our yeah. future because someone has to season- go up into space. <laughs> Yeah, yes. The vibe from the season from the very beginning has been first contact meets voyage home. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we're getting voyage home hijinks, but with first contact type of 
we got to go back and save shit plotting, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and also with all the references thrown in, that's very first contact. Just giving giving Star Trek fans a nice massage while they're watching this. Like, I get that. Yeah. I remember that. Um, and that's really a, a big part of what's getting me through this series. Like, yeah. I don't necessarily need fan service, but I think this show's doing it pretty well. I did also really like the line that that um, Picard gave about like depression and anxiety. And he's essentially Indeed. like, that can be debilitating. That can be, that can result in just like, you know, a horrendous um, life for, for people. And, um, and to me, I was then like, Oh, have they, have they finally found a cure for depression and anxiety in the future? Is that why there's no therapist anywhere? Is, it, is, because is there a they, hypo spray for that? Yeah. I was like, I'll take a hypo spray for depression. Yeah. That sounds great. <laughs> like, I said earlier with with the depiction of Renee and with Picard's reaction to Renee and the and the watcher's empathy for Renee, it seems like we're getting a pretty solid, good, sensitive portrayal of a person dealing with those issues. Yeah. Um, and who and who, despite having those issues, is able to achieve her dreams, even though it's it can be very difficult to do so under those circumstances. And I think it'll be interesting, too, if they somehow sort of link this all back to, um, you know, Picard's um, father, right? Because this is his um, uh, father's lineage that we're sort of dealing with. And what does it look like when you have um, mental illness that runs in the family? And how does that sort of manifest itself down the line? Um, I think that'll be really interesting. And then I saw um, Lisa ask the question. Uh, so Renee finds a sentient life form on IO and that's the thing that has to happen at first contact. Um, yes. So some sort of life force that is um, sentient and uh, has the, essentially has the opportunity to make the world all be like, why have we have been fighting? There's life beyond this planet. We need to come together as a planet vibes, yeah. but obviously not so much so it's- that it doesn't cause a bunch of other things that have to happen in the timeline. <laughs> It feels like that would be a prelude to first contact. Yeah. Like, oh, in our solar, like she's going to our moon, right? Uh, 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 Like in in our solar system. Europa. Europa. Okay. Yeah. And it's like, okay, in our galaxy, there's there's more. Um, So it seems more like a prelude, not full on first contact. So I don't think we're going to meet any other warp capable species in 2024 or anything like that it might just be some kind of who knows some kind of small entity uh that that points to a greater future right yeah europa is um the moon off of jupiter oh okay so yeah in our solar system mm-hmm. all right so let's uh talk about q man q is unable to do the snap mm-hmm. um the, a, a big theme that we had in season one was dealing with end of life issues. Um, are we stretching? And it seems to be uh, one of the reasons this show was created to, to explore issues people have in, uh, in that end of life cycle or when you get older. Mm-hmm. So are, are, are we doing that with Q? Is he to a point where he is maybe close to the end of his life and that's why he's running out of juice? I, that is a definite possibility. I was also, sorry, I was like looking at a bunch of old pictures because I don't know if you noticed this, but his eyes are much lighter blue in this episode. 
than I did find them pretty striking in this episode. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I don't know if they're trying to say that he's like either become human in this space, but obviously not totally human because he was able to like hack into the computer. Um, which did you call the phone number, by the way, that's mm-hmm. on the card? Um, it's pretty funny. Yeah. <laughs> um, maybe I'll call it and try to see if you can hear it. I but. want a card that looks like that. That was a cool card. It was a cool, cool yeah. card. Um, but yeah, I'm not sure what's going on with him because I'm one very confused as the motivations to change the timeline if he changed the timeline or is he also working to try to fix the timeline? Like that's where I'm like very confused of like his motivations for everything and if he's trying to keep Picard in the totalitarian timeline because that's what he thinks humanity is like worth at this point. Right. But if he does that, he's also essentially emboldening earthlings to take out the rest of the universe and all of the other species because they're all just like only humans we are earth like yeah it, fascist it, nazis like <laughs> I, I think what we've seen in the past with q and i'm just kind of trying to extrapolate from that and from what we're seeing here he's kind of always had a pretty negative uh perspective or viewpoint of humans right or he's like your base level creatures and your all you want to do is fight and kill and fight and yeah. kill each other. And he, he's tries to manipulate people to get their worst instincts to come out to prove his point. Right. And I think that's all he's doing here. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, like even when he is posing as a, uh, the, the very Freudian sounding uh, therapist. Uh, yeah. Therapist, which is way silly. Um, He's trying to get Renee to give in to fear and mm-hmm. to to not pursue her dreams and and to hide in her room. Um, you know, he's not helping her at all. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it makes sense if if this is the same cue from from TNG, the trial never ends. He's trying to to get us to um, to give in to our instincts not to be better. Hmm. Interesting. But Chupi has a thought about Q. Q always said even as a human, he'd have an IQ of like 2 billion. He could hack powers or not. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, even if Q doesn't have his powers in this, he could still um, whip up whatever uh, the Soong ancestor needed to cure his Soji-like daughter and hack a 3d printer or whatever yeah um that would be interesting i did just see someone brought up that they've used the term oh marge uh the word tapestry was used at least twice in this episode is it the tng up of that name relevant i mean it is a q episode so that's definitely mm-hmm. like a possibility um it is and a it's q when, time travel episode yeah and it's when picard essentially has to um, go back and, and try to stop himself from getting stabbed, right? Is mm-hmm. like the, the whole thing. I think we watched that when we were doing our, our we did. deep dives. We did, yeah. And, uh, but yeah, but the whole thing there was that the problem was Q's interference. Um, Picard, yeah. al- you know, Picard still allowed himself to get stabbed. Uh, yeah, anyway. I don't know what's happening in this series, but it is, it is damn fun. Um, 
Okay, let's talk about Soon. I thought Brent Spiner is just great. Like, I don't know. This is like the fourth or fifth iteration of all Star Trek of a Soong character. Mm-hmm. And they all feel really different, even though they're the the common thread is that they're all they have these huge egos, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but I think this character is a lot more relatable and likable because he is obviously uh, doing everything for the life of his daughter. Mm-hmm. Um, and that fuels him. So he has definitely has a heart. And I think Brett Spiner's just kind of knocking it in, out of the park in this episode. I think he did a great job. He made me kind of, even though some of the dialogue he was saying, especially when we first met him, when he's addressing the council, so which, confused. which Leah Thompson was on, yeah. he's like comparing himself to a God and all this stuff was just total Lex Luthor, silly, crazy. The way he was playing it, uh, I felt a sense of humanity, you know, like it, he feel it felt like a really good, not good, but a really burdened person that I could relate to. So yeah, good job, Brent Spiner. Yeah, I almost wish we had had a moment with um Soong and and this version of Soji, like so that I understood why he was like talking to this panel and why his research, I don't know. It, it, it probably is fine either way, but I, I was very confused as to why he was like making these grandiose arguments. It felt like one of those, like, Oh, you are a star Trek fan. You should automatically know who this is. You know Mm. what I mean? Instead of giving us any kind of introduction to this character, because we are in a different timeline. This is a different soon. And like, I, yeah, I was just like, Oh, he's doing all of this testing and all of this stuff and whatever. But then he like (laughs) is using like, a way too big of a needle to draw blood from someone and then is letting her inject this random liquid. And then they're just fully going like no quiet ease out of the house, right? Just fully out on the patio. Let's Let's get rid of this force field. Like I, yeah, there, I, that's probably the section of the episode I had like the most qualms about because it only created more questions for me than giving me anything to link to the rest of the episode. Yes. More frustrating questions. That's, I mean, come on, Paramount plus just embrace. If you're going to do this type of binge storytelling, embrace the binge model, right? Just dump this thing. And the other, the other reason I had brought up our flag means death earlier is they would drop like, and they've been doing this on a lot of HBO shows. It's like, they give you three episodes at a time so That'd that you, great. Yeah. and I was just like, I would be really here for that because mm-hmm. then I could at least have like a few things tied up as more questions are proposed because I don't, I don't know. I, I feel like every episode I actually have to rewatch the previously on and I almost have yep. to like recheck what has been happening because there's like so many different small plot lines trying to get tied together and to me they're setting themselves up there's a lot going on and so i'm just really hoping they can stick the landing and i think after the you know at this point i'm feeling a little uneasy because of the first season and so Mm. i'm like i want this to to work and to happen and then because I also know they went straight into filming season three, I'm really worried this is going to just continue into the next season. And I'm going to just right, like right. be left without any. I, I'm worried about conclusions. that. Too. Yeah. They, they filmed these two seasons back to back. Right. So yeah. are we just going to, are we just driving 
to a cliff and we're going to stay at the edge of it at the end of this season with yeah. no resolution. And it's going to feel like the end of the last two episodes where we don't get much of a, 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 a full story arc. And yeah. then we're left with a cliffhanger. Like that's not, you know, that we need some resolution. Yeah. I'm I like, I want, it's like, it's, it's what's satisfying as a viewer. Right. And that's my critique is like, I want this mm-hmm. to be more satisfying as a viewer. Do I think yeah. that the actors are doing a good job with a lot yeah. of these pieces? Absolutely. Do I think there's some really interesting commentary on different things happening? Absolutely. Like there are so many good pieces to this show, but I think I keep butting up against this, like, unsatisfying ending to every episode i'm just left with like question that i immediately want answered and then i'm confused going into the next episode of where we are in in the plot line um so yeah i'm like you know a whole season should have a beginning middle and end and then like an episode should have a beginning middle and end (laughs) in some way shape or form like but it's not boring no it's not boring i'm i'm like Last season, I was pretty bored with the middle episodes of Picard. Here, I'm I'm having a good time watching it, even if I have questions and I'm frustrated and some things don't seem to make sense and some things seem more like, um, I don't know, it doesn't seem like, like when you, anyway, it's not perfect. Uh, Chupi earlier um, made a comment about a theme of how time has been shattered. I think that's something the Mm -hmm. Borg queen said, and Mm -hmm. it goes back to something you were talking about, how different people and characters can show up in different times. Mm -hmm. Like time has been shattered. So shards are everywhere. So maybe that's why we're thematically getting a piece of Loris in this timeline from the future. That's how we're getting, um, a Soji looking character mm-hmm. in this timeline as well. Cause just the shards are falling everywhere. Right. And that thematically is cool, but practically you, you kind of got to work that out and do your own head cannon a lot in this series, which is a little frustrating. Yeah. And I, and I wonder too, I mean, there's all of the broken glass, right. That's in like the intro credits. Mm-hmm. So they're obviously trying to play that up, but here's the thing is we all know that those pieces of a broken glass build that dome that's off of Chateau Picard. And right now we're just looking at a bunch of broken glass and we don't know what it builds. And so yes. I think that's what's, and and I don't need, I don't need the whole structure, but I'd like a few tent poles, you know, mm-hmm. like a few things that are like holding me down as a viewer. Yeah. Just some scotch tape here and there, here you and know, there. put the pieces together a little more for me. I don't yeah. ask for much. <laughs> and uh, and I really felt for the other thing that kind of in what you're saying, Mike, about different people showing up, right? Like we got this glimpse where Rafi for a moment sees Elnor in no. in the face of the kid running off the Is bus. Is she on the, the snake leaf again? What's happening there? I, I mean, grief does a lot of things, but I thought it, I was almost like, oh, that would be really interesting if he was here in this universe in this weird way. And then I think I would start to be like, Oh, this is, this is why time is fully broken. Right. Like, cause now these people are all existing in different planes of existence and they shouldn't be here. Yeah. I could see that, that like, if they really want to lean into that, lean into it. Right. right? Like have a bunch of, you know, faces that we recognize in different roles showing up. That could be be cool. That'd be a lot of fun. (laughs) That would be cool. And it would like, it, it would allow me to go with it more not and not be asking what, why, who, what, 
you know, it'd be it'd be more like, oh, this is like a theme of with the new timeline and Q fucking up the timeline and yeah. and this is like destiny and okay, I get it. I'm right. Moving. And he's like leaving these memories along the way for Picard to have to solve, right? Like there's all yeah. these emotional ties to these characters that he now has to like yeah. face, right? To 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 figure out whatever this giant lesson is that Q is setting him up for. Right. Which again, if it's going to end up being Picard has to have a relationship, I'm going to be very upset that that's the conclusion to all of this. <laughs> Picard, you got to get yourself some blue chew and uh, find a girl. That's what we got to do. <laughs> then the universe is saved. Um, oh no. Blue chew is chewable Viagra for those who don't know. Oh, um, I, we've all uh, had to engineer a few podcasts with that as an advertiser, I think. <laughs> That's that's how I know about it. <laughs> yeah. Um, I gotta say, speaking of blue chew, uh, Allison Pill in that red dress is my new happy place. That's all I'll say. <laughs> that's that's all I'll say about that. <laughs> uh, we all we all get our things. Um, mm-hmm. but yeah, she did look great in the red dress. It was a good, solid choice. Good job, costume department. Um, I'm excited yeah. to see them all kind of gussied up and uh, and going to the yeah. gala next episode. Yeah, do like an Ocean's Eleven type heist or whatever. Yeah, yeah, it felt very, yeah, the team up right before, I'm calling it Ocean's Eight since there's more like women involved in this particular one. So true. <laughs> and, very true. Uh, that was a fun movie, man. That should have been a bigger hit. Yeah, it was a good time. I recommend yeah, it. it. Cool. I rewatched it recently and I was like, this is still fun. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's a good vibe. And yeah, all the actors in that. I, um, not to get us too off of the Picard train, but uh, did you get to watch some of the character trailers that have been dropping for Strange New World? I did. I was just about to ask you about that. Yeah, I'm digging all of them. I think my favorite is the, um, uh, I forgot his name, the uh, the subterranean Andorian. Like, oh, Hans, ha- 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 it starts with an H. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Homs? Uh, because um, I, I, I. I got, I've gotten through most of Enterprise, and that's when those characters are revealed. And they're just so wild looking, and they have such an interesting backstory. And to see more of that back in Star Trek is cool. And this Hemmer. from the teaser, Hemmer, right? Mm-hmm. From the teaser, um, it looks like Hemmer is going to be a pretty, pretty wild, pretty interesting character. Yeah, the Ahura one was incredible. I'm mm-hmm. also really excited for Ortegas to have like another badass pilot um yeah to to have in our in our deck go along with Detmer and Sulu and all in uh in Paris so I'm um, I'm pretty excited for that yeah I think the cast all looks so good yeah I they keep releasing these I just uh I'm waiting for the another big long trailer right that's what we need yeah. and then when does this strange new world's premiere is it next month May yeah May okay so we will so we'll- definitely be covering that Yes, um, for that's, sure, y'all. Strange New Worlds is the news truck show that I was looking forward to the most. So pretty pumped about it. Yeah, I think it's going to be super fun. Um, I'm really 5th, excited about it. Yeah. May 5th. Everyone's going to get it in there. I was pretty sure it was May 5th, but I didn't want to miss miss, miss May 5th. So. May 5th, everybody. <laughs> we'll be talking about it on May 5th. All right. Anything else you want to say about this episode of Picard? I don't think so. Again, more questions than answers, but I'm still along for the ride. I'm I'm ready to to power through and uh, and hope that by the end of it, we have a fully rebuilt uh, glass ceiling <laughs> that we we know what's happening. Yeah, I would really love to. 
I really now I'm really in love with the idea of having faces that we recognize showing up in the past as different characters, just for the show to lean into that, you know, like see um uh you know like wharf declingon, mm. you know, or you yeah, know. it's sort of like how it was fun to see um the discovery characters on that hollow deck. You know, we finally got to see mm-hmm. like Doug Jones out of makeup and mm-hmm. exactly. Um, exactly that could be really fun. Yeah. I would love to see that. Um, oh, uh, Kern is asking, you're going to have fun trying to discuss both the Picard finale and the Strange New World premiere on the same pod, Super Size Stream. Damn it, Paramount Plus. <laughs> these overlaps. Give us a week. These overlaps are not convenient. But yes, yeah. we will have a Super Size yeah. pod if that is the case. I know. Yeah, and we'll, we'll try to get... Premieres. We'll try to get everybody on the pod. Maybe we'll get a, a special guest uh, for the next few pods, too, to help yeah. us cover these these very special uh, new Star Trek shows. Yeah. That it, But it's it's an embarrassment of riches, right? Even yeah. though we, we have our critiques, I, I'm in heaven with all this Star Trek. Right. Awesome. Like, I'm not complaining it exists. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying our job to review episodes mm-hmm. is to review it. And yeah. within a review, there's going to be some critiques, you know? Yes. It's all good. Yes, exactly. I did feel this episode was kind of like light on Patrick Stewart. Like, I don't I like not a lot of memorable Patrick Stewart scenes in this episode, but you know, it's it's kind of a connecting the dots. Let's move it along, middle episode. So, mm-hmm. I guess that's okay. Yeah, get there. Yeah. Um. But yeah, if you want to let us know what you thought about the episode, you can find us on social media. We're at Star Trek Pod on all socials. You can also visit Patreon.com/slash Star Trek Pod where for just $2 per episode, you can hang out with us in our Slack channel where there's uh, watch alongs happening. And, um, and I owe y'all one more special comic book review, uh, which I think will, will work well um, in prep for uh, strange new world. Cause it is about what happens after discovery leaves. So I'm excited about that. And uh, yeah, you can visit star trek pod.co to find links to everywhere. You can stream, watch, listen to the podcast. We appreciate your support. Thank you so much for joining us live and for downloading the pod. Um, Mariah? Yeah. Um, I think you might have something to promote that our audience might be very interested in. You want to talk about that? Yeah. Y'all. So uh, a project I've been working on for a while, we just finally got to announce today. Um, So it is a podcast from Lemonada Media. It is a audio reality experience. You can read more about the show. Um, There's an article about it in The Advocate um, and the podcast is called Being Trans. Uh, So you can go ahead and find that wherever you find your podcast. But I would appreciate if y'all subscribe, take a listen to the teaser trailer um, and the episodes drop on April 28th. Being trans mm-hmm. everywhere you can get podcast. Yeah. And I just real quick, I want to promote a little film I made. Uh, Morbius comes out this weekend. <laughs> I wrote and directed that. So if you guys can check it out, check it out. Let me know what you think. Uh, I think Jared Little was pretty good in it. All right. That's all we got. <laughs> we will be back Thursday with a review of the next Picard uh, episode. Live long and prosper. Bye.